Hello <laughs> and welcome to the Harry Man Show, episode 63. Guys, I have to apologize about the short break, but I'm returning with an excellent episode with one of the guys I used to read about and watch on TV, Johnny Kelly. Johnny Kelly is right now playing with Quiet Right. He's playing in such acts as yeah. Danzig, Typo Negative, and many more. I can probably take about 20 minutes to list them. But uh, how you doing, Johnny? How's it going, man? How good. are you? Good. And just... Uh, wait, wait, oh, wait, before we get moving, wait, wait, where did you see me on TV? I think uh, that was MTV2, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> After a, hours. Was it a live show oh, you saw him or a video? Uh, I think... Well, I used to geek out in Modern Drummer magazines yeah. and, like... Okay. Uh, but uh, I want yeah, to... I was never in that. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get into who who you played with and what magazines they've been in in a little while. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I want to introduce Keone's uh, co-hosting with me, and uh, you guys just met each other. But Keone, thanks for being on the show as Thank well. Thank you for having me. It's a it's a fucking pleasure to be here with you, you Dustin, and t- uh, talk to you, Johnny. A longtime fan, long time. Right on, man. All right. So, uh, kind of your current gig, you're uh, currently playing with Quiet Riot. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've uh, since uh, things have opened up, we've done a few gigs. We just we we started up again. I guess I don't know. I think we're like. Uh, we've played like three or four gigs so far. How's that I've been going for you guys? It's been going well. You know, it's a different kind of uh, a different kind of environment than what I'm used to because it's uh, most of it's uh, that's that old flyout days. Yeah, that's you know, so it's like yeah, I leave the house on Thursday, I'm back on Sunday. Oh, that's not too bad. Were they all in? Uh, no, no, it's they were domestic it, shows. It, it, uh yeah everything's here yeah europe is still they're still having issues with uh with covid yeah that was gonna be my next so, question so, how's the traveling going if you you know the tour setups and everything you gotta kind of plan uh, I, well uh, really the only thing that's been happening lately is just you know the um the the, the restrictions as far as uh when you're at the airport and you're on the plane you know you have to wear a mask and stuff and there was one uh one show that i was that I did that was more in the, that was like towards in the spring flying into Pennsylvania. They had the, uh, this was in March, but they had the, uh, we had to have a, a test, a negative COVID test within 72 hours of you flying. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, I went, got the test and all that stuff. And all, all no one asked, no one asked, no yeah. one asked for the, you know, for the document or whatever. Huh. You know, but uh, I mean, aside from what's been going on at the airports, everything else has been pretty cool. That's good. And, That's um, definitely, I would imagine yeah, you have to run I, into some bullshit somewhere with with everything going on. It's good news to hear that. Uh, you still well, make we'll it. see Shows what happens going. now. We'll see what happens now with this Delta variant. Yeah, right. You so, know, like, uh, so I, I I don't know. I mean, I just got my fingers crossed that everything just keeps moving ahead and we start. You know. So you, you know, got to put your head down and fucking keep going, you know? And yeah, uh, for, the, for the longest time, I never paid attention to my calendar because I knew that, you know, I always had that feeling in the back of my head. I'm like, well, whatever's booked is going to get canceled anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. That's and then things started. Yeah, it is. It is. But, you know, at the same time, you know, what can you do about it? Right. You know, you, you book something, hopefully, you know, you don't spend too much money on, you know, logistics like, you know, uh, air flights and hotels and things like that. And then come to find out that you that your show's been canceled, right. you know that's that that would really suck. You know, like for me, worst case scenario is you know I stay home. <laughs> right. That's why it's, it's, it's like you don't want to 
like you said, oh, Europe's still fucked up, and then it would be spend all that money, make all these reservations, this that. And right. You yeah, get there across an ocean, and like it's canceled. <laughs> like the fuck? right, and then and then you're stuck there. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, like what happens? Uh, like you know, like a friend of mine was talking about like some show that was a, a show offer that was happening, and they were. Uh, it was like I think it was in Belgium or something like that. If by chance something was to happen, like say he got sick or a false positive test. Mm -hmm. Now he's stuck in Belgium for a minimum of 10 days. Yeah, that fucking 10 day quarantine they do. <laughs> well, it, 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 you know, yeah, it, it fucks us up here too. In this, I mean, just within the states, you know, it's, it's every state's yeah, got different I don't regulations. Wanna, so I, I don't want to play that bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you might as well just fucking at this point just drive, you know. Fuck it. I mean, Belgium is nice and all. However, you know, we spend ten days there involuntarily. Well, these Quiet Riot shows in uh, back back east. Quiet Riot. Now, correct me if I'm. Where are they originally from again? It's the East Coast, right? Quiet Riot is originally from uh, California. California. No shit. Yeah. Oh, no. yeah. yeah. My bad. Yeah. My bad. And this, uh, you were asked to join the band after the late great passing of Frankie Benelli, right? Uh, I was asked to, uh, I had covered for him while he was being treated. Oh, wow. While he was, while he was alive. I basically, I, actually, I've been playing in the band for like two years. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't, <laughs> on, I, on, on and off. Yeah. So, uh, when Frankie, when Frankie got diagnosed and there was, uh, he was on travel restrictions, but they still had shows for him. Huh. You know, this was before the pandemic and right. he was, you know, he was getting treatment and stuff and then. So they asked me to cover for him while he was getting treatment. And then when it, when it was getting closer to the end and he was, you know, like he was getting all this stuff sorted out so that when, when he passed on, there would still be some kind of structure in place. And they asked me to keep, keep going with the band after he passed away. Oh, wow. Now, yeah. was, but prior to that, were you familiar with the catalog or was it kind of like shifting gears from you kind of going from a darker element to something like that? Well, it, it was it's kind of uh, baptism by fire mm -hmm. in a way because, um, like, uh, oddly enough, they were playing in in Dallas where I live in Dallas. Oh, nice. Well, I live a little, a little, a little. It's a little bit north of Dallas, but I mean, uh, it's the Dallas area. And so, Quiet Riot was coming to Dallas, and I was like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna come to the show anyway. So then I, I reached out to Alex because I, I play with Alex and Hookers and Blows. I mean, he's the, he's the guitar player in, uh, in Quiet Riot. Oh, no shit. Okay. So I was like, I'm going to come to the show. I was like, you know, I know that Frankie is in 100%. I was like, do you want me to, you know, help him out? I was like, I'm going to be there anyway. You know, I could whatever, keep an eye on him, help him, you know, whatever, you know, pass him his drinks or, you know, you know, just to help him out. Yeah. I was like, you know, do you know, so that he could save his energy for playing. Now, were you guys like old, uh, your affiliation with the members of Quiet Riot, how far well, back does been, that go? I've been playing with Alex in Hookers and Blow now for a number of years. I forget how many. I want to say maybe like eight years, something like that. Oh, nice. And uh, I've known Frankie. I met Frankie after I started playing with uh, Hookers and Blow. It's like online, like on social media, we were you know, drum geeks together. Like, you know, they're always like, you know, you know stuff like I got, that. I got a drum geek sitting right next to me. This fucking other room right. looks like so, a fucking a room of drums. Anyway. Yeah, so, so Frankie and I were friends that way because we were like, you know, like 
we would geek out on like you know like old vintage kits and like you know stuff like that and then playing with alex like you know we would play in la and then frankie would come to the show he'd get up and play a song with the band and that kind of stuff and then uh so then when the time came that uh Frankie wasn't going to be able to perform with, with Quiet Riot. Mm. Uh, Frankie didn't want the shows to get canceled. And so then that Dallas show, Alex calls me up two days before the show and says, can you play the show? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Yeah, and that's, that's in Dallas, correct? Yeah, this yeah. was in Dallas. This was a thing I did something called like a wildflower festival or something like that. I really had no idea what was going on. Oh wow! Because I was actually in New York. I got I got back from New York the day before the show. But he called me up two days before the show and was like, "Can you play the show?" And I was like, "Oh shit!" I was like, "And you know, me?" I was like, "Yeah, sure, I could do it." <laughs> yeah, so, sure. well, how is that? You were familiar like, with all? You were familiar I, with everything? Right out the gate? No, no, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got you. Give me my beats. I got 20 hours. I'm going to do this. (laughs) Yeah, that's basically, I was like, send me a set list. And so then I went on iTunes and I, I, you know, downloaded, you know, bought the catalog on iTunes and I was just listening to the set and all the way home, I was like, you know, working. I didn't have a chance to really work on it because I spent a lot of time traveling. (laughs) And... Yeah, so I I drove to the uh, to the show, and I meet them in the trailer. I have I don't I I had at this point I I never really met the bass player. I didn't really I met the singer of you know, the singer a couple of times, and uh, so I walked in the trailer and I, I just looked at them and I was like, guys, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, bro! <laughs> like the rest of the band, just like confidence is just like, oh god, yeah. <laughs> oh god. I thought <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I was thinking when I said okay. Oh. And they, it was, you know, it was like one of those, you know, we just threw the hail mary pass in, in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Fucking Aaron Rodgers, and it, uh, yeah, it worked uh, out, right? You know, it was a Joe Montana moment. All right, nice. <laughs> well, obviously, nice. there's been success. To and it, it. wasn't. I, I'm, I'm not going to say like you know, I'm not going to say it was great or whatever. Yeah, there were plenty of. Well, it was great enough. They were like, we want just... you to keep on going with us. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, at that point, we really didn't even know what was going on. We just figured that this was just a one-off. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this was just a, a once, a once, you know, one-time situation. You know, it was unprecedented. You know, like for for the Quiet Riot camp and stuff. And so, so no one was really expecting that. Yeah, I you know, it's like I, all right, Frankie. Frankie was it really all it was was Frankie couldn't make the show. Can you cover it? You already live here. Great. I've been so out of the loop with, um, you know, given everything going on and stuff. And, and Dustin, mm-hmm. somebody, he's like, yeah, he's playing with a quiet ride at the moment. I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. Really? That's fucking awesome. Well, you know? uh, Johnny, I don't mean to change <laughs> gears on you, but I want to talk into your origins. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what age did you start playing there? I first started, learned how to play drums, I guess. When I was I was like 11 years old. It was like a guy that lived up the block. And I, so when I say a guy, like it was like one of the older guys, I, he was probably all of like 16, 17. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's older. You know, when you're, but when you're a kid, that perception of, of, of an older person, he drove, he had a car. So yeah. Maybe he was 18. And uh, 
he had a drum set and he was like, I want to learn how to play drums. And I was like, absolutely. I was like, totally. I was like, I want to be fucking Peter Cripps. Absolutely. Oh, wow. And uh, he taught me how to play a little bit. And um, we would, uh, he gave me like a couple of lessons. He, he showed me how to play a beat, a basic rock beat. And then uh, I started playing when I was like 15. So like, you know, a few years later, you know, it was, uh, that's when I started playing, you know, taking it seriously. And I was like, I, I really had no idea. One of my friends, I was just telling this story to somebody else. One of my friends who I used to hang out with, I, like we used to hang out every day. I had no idea that he played his guitar. Mm-hmm. No, no I, I had, had no clue. And uh, he was just, he had mentioned, you know, he was like, oh, my drummer quit you know, or whatever, we kicked our drummer out, whatever it was, the drummer wasn't in his band anymore. And I was like, you're in a band? I play drums, I play guitar. I'm like, here's a guy that I, that I would hang out with every, every day after school. And I was like, who are you? <laughs> you <know? laughs> I live a double life. I'm a, a excellent yeah, guitar shredder at night when you go that's home. That's what it seemed like. And he was like, you know, like he, t- you know, he was taking guitar lessons and stuff. And then and he had a band and there was this rehearsal studio literally around the corner from my house that I had no idea about either. Nice. So then I, at the time I was like, I, I said, I, I play drums a little bit. And he was like, really? He was like, yeah. He's like, why don't you come to the studio? And I was like, oh, how exciting. I was like, this is great. It's real exciting. Mm-hmm. And that was it. I was 15 at the time. And I was, I'd basically been playing ever since. Did that spawn into a band? Was that your first band? Well, I want to ask my so first band. when yes. we get into that, I, yeah. obviously you said Peter Chris was the main influence, but I hear a lot of John Bonham. Are you growing up with a lot of Led Zeppelin as well too? Absolutely, yeah. Like when I said, uh, like when I was 11 years old, I got into already like you know just completely insane with Kiss at that point. Mm-hmm. I just and watched then, a Kiss documentary last night with my mom. <laughs> I was in Gene. it. Gene, what? I, I must. What the? I the, the, was. Was that the Gene Simmons the one? one? The one on A and E. Uh, it's not the A and E one. It was. It was Gene. It was just a, a Gene. Seventy years. He. he a big, oh man. no! I, more about I, Gene. I'm actually in the history one, the, the first part. I will be looking for that. <laughs> I will be definitely Look looking for that. Look for the 11 year old kid, the 11 year old kid with the thick Brooklyn accent going, Kiss is number one. That's fucking you <laughs> at 11? Yeah. I was expecting, like, they showed footage yeah. of you drumming. You're like, no, I'm 11, just with my no. fucking Kiss gear yeah. on. That's fucking yeah. awesome. I got my Peter Chris makeup on and my Kiss Army shirt. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. All right, That's so with me. that with that being said, did you try to model your first drum set after Peter Chris, or did you start with the traditional? Well, I, I didn't. I couldn't afford a drum set for years. Actually, my first. Uh, all right, well, let's not let's not get sidetracked. Oh, sorry. All right, so uh, so when I I first started playing drums, I was very you know like I wanted to play like you know of course I wanted to be like Peter Chris, mm-hmm. and then my my uncle lived upstairs with my grandparents. We lived in a two family house, you know, mm-hmm. mother daughter house. And my uncle played played guitar, and he's one of the best guitar players I've ever had the opportunity to play with. And he had all I my dad had a couple of Zeppelin records. He only had Led Zeppelin two and Houses of the Hope, but my sure. uncle had all the all the rest of them. So he let me borrow them, and that's how I uh, that's how I wound up like you know really getting into Led Zeppelin at that point. And then I took all the Led Zeppelin records down to the guy's house, and I said, "I want to learn how to play like this." 
Yeah, and I, I mean this as a compliment. I can hear yeah. a lot of Bonham influence in yeah. your playing. I mean, like, just can you hold down a dark uh, groove? Yeah. And I, yeah. You, you That's do. same with the, even, you know, like the, the given the ideology too, but the involvement from Sabbath, I always, I've always associated typo negative with. I've and, really taken you know, a lot. Those are the two primary, Bill Ward and John Bonham. It's like primary. we nailed it there. <laughs> What's that? It looks yeah. like we nailed it there. Yeah, yeah. But, 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 yeah, but yeah. here in Typo Negros, I'd always be like, oh, fuck, you hear that Sabbath riff right there? Like the, just the, the, the yeah, delivery of uh, with the beat and everything you did, decided to do behind the kit, but the delivery overall, yeah, was, you know? Yeah, it was a lot of it. I mean, there was stuff like we'd listen, like, you know, when some of the records, like, uh, what was it, the end of uh, Pyretta Blade. And I remember listening back, like after the songs were done, you know, like when we finished recording and everything, we're listening stuff back and, mm-hmm. you know, and I was uh, listening to like the way the jam at the end of Pyrota Blaze, I just turned around to them. I said, it would be a miracle if we don't get sued for this. I think, I mean, aside from covering Black Sabbath songs, I think that was like the most blatant one where it was, there really wasn't, a, it's like the riff really wasn't anything that was, a Sabbath riff, but just but the whole overfeel, right? The whole yeah. vibe is, is is totally Black Sabbath, and I was just like, "Oh shit!" Like, you know, but that's such a, a beautiful thing. It, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's such I a beautiful it. thing. You know, the atmosphere sounds like Black Sabbath, and everybody else is like, "That's not yeah. bad." Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that being yeah, said, I, you got you got a kit later on. Were you just kind of playing around with local bands, or did you kind of just dive into kind of training for a little bit? I was I I started out playing in bands right away. And oh, awesome. was, you know, I, I played in a band with my brother and you know, friends of mine from high school and then I met other people at this rehearsal studio, which was where like, you know, uh, eventually a couple of years later I'd meet Kenny. Huh. Mm. And then Kenny and I played in a band together for years. And, and that's how uh, it all evolved into the, the connections with now, right? Well, yeah, it was, uh, you know, like in Brooklyn, you know, growing up at that time, there were there weren't that many rehearsal studios where bands could go and practice and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So everybody crossed paths. Like that, that was a question, too. I, I was curious. I mean, given your history with Danzig, and I know he uh, Danzig is originally from Jersey, right? Yeah. And yeah. the Misfits and all that started out up there. Were you familiar with them as individuals back then? Back when the Misfits were active, yeah, like when they were coming up, no. being that that you uh, uh, were you geographically like you in Brooklyn, they were in Jersey, but I out of figure maybe you went and saw no, some shows was, or I, whatnot. That was that was uh, not on my radar at all at that point. You know, I wasn't really into like uh, like punk or right. you know, like I was into a little bit of hardcore, but this was like you know even that you're still talking like you know the Misfits were already broken up at that point. Did they trap? Did, did, you know. Yeah, I think they went. I can't remember if they went to LA at some point, but um, I always assumed that when I found out that um, yeah, I actually had the luxury of seeing you play live with Danzig too before. Great job, right. by the way. But uh, just Thanks. when I found out that I was like, holy shit, that's John Kelly from fucking Typo. This is, this is a fucking beautiful fit. I wonder yeah. if they were like, were they old school high school friends? Did they like sell weed together and shit? You know, <laughs> like I'm just cute. You know, what no, I, mean? I, I well, we had met when Typo Negative toured with Danzig. Oh, okay. Oh, That's that a makes... fucking tour and a half, man. And so that was uh, Danzig was touring on his uh, four records, the fourth album, and this was the latter part of us touring on um, Boy Kisses. So before we get into that, how long was it until Typo Negative started? After you kind of started out, was that something you kind of formed yourself, or you met Peter Steele right mm-hmm. away? 
no, I knew Peter when he was in Carnival. Yeah, that's was, a fun. Like I, I, I've, I've said that like name I like said, six times know, since I knew we were going to do this with you. Like I said, you know, like we all come from basically the same neighborhood. Oh, wow. You know, and the same rehearsal studio. So, like, I and I wound up working at that rehearsal studio around the corner from my house for a few years. Really? So I, I knew everybody that was coming in and out, you know, and, um, you know, like the Biohazard guys. I played That's in so one of my up. first bands. I played in one of my first bands with Evan Seinfeld. No you shit. Know, used to, yeah, I used to meet him at the bus stop and we'd walk to the studio together. That's fucking <laughs> play, awesome. Like, you know, like Iron Maiden songs and Judas Priest songs yeah. and stuff. And, you know, like when Biohazard had their first rehearsal, when they first put the band together, they were rehearsing in one room. Kenny and I were rehearsing in the other room. Now, did you notice the, the yeah. genius of Peter Steele right away, or is that something that kind of grew with you over time? I played in a band with um, the brother of one of the earlier guitar players at Carnival. Huh. Mm. And uh, like I said, this is all neighborhood stuff. So, like, you know, like a lot of people knew, you know, like if you were into like, you know, heavy metal or whatever, everybody knew of Carnival. You like, my dad lived around the corner from Peter. And oh, like Peter convenient. And so like every every time I go to my dad's apartment to visit him, you'd see the carnivore flyers all over the telephone poles, all over Coney Island Avenue and stuff like that. It's not like that guy doesn't <laughs> stand out or anything either, right? <laughs> well, it was just, it, you know, at the time, you know, I mean, you know, pretty much they were kids too. I mean, I was a kid. And, you know, they're pretty young also. And they're like you know, just playing locally. You know, this was this was before the first record came out. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm. I'm this is like about. mid late eighties, early eighties. Early eighties, okay. Yeah, the, this is early eighties, and uh, Peter, Peter and Josh, they got the, they were they're six years older than me. Okay. So, like, you know, when you're eighteen, you know, six years older, you know, right. twenty six is a fucking mile away. <laughs> like, it's a huge difference. Like, thirty one and thirty seven, like, we're the same age, but like, eighteen and twenty five, like, aeons. Yeah, and um, uh, I had so the band that I was playing in, one of those guys was a big Carnivore fan, and basically we we were copying Carnivore in a lot of ways. I had no idea because I had no idea. I just knew of Carnivore. I hadn't heard their music yet. <laughs> and then when I heard, then when I heard their music and stuff, I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> I, yeah, because they got I that. They kind of got that. That you know, that, I'm not saying I'm not going to say punk, but the, that, oh, there's an aggression there. That that's was, similar, that was, right? That was the that was the second record. The oh, first okay. record was more, you know, more metal, and mm -hmm. you know, Peter was doing more growling and. You know, it was like it was like somewhere like you know between Black Sabbath and like uh, Venom and Celtic Frost, that kind of oh, stuff. The first yeah, record, the first record was more like that. Right. The second record, Retaliation, that was more of like a hardcore record where they were doing like you know like they were you know influenced by the whole like CBGBs thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, like the, you know playing in the Madness. I think that's what I'm a little more familiar with of, of remembered. Here, yeah. You know. Yeah, but the first record is more more doomy and you know they're very like I said very venom and Celtic cross. Yeah, I I need to listen and, to more of that. I think just given the names and you're then, referencing. When I heard when I heard that when I first when I first heard Carnivore, I was like you know hey it, it's you know I I thought it was great. At the same time, I, I got the humor in it. I thought it was hysterical. Right. You know, which it was always, you know, Peter's lyrics and stuff were always, you know, tongue in cheek, very sarcastic, and you know, like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. You know, uh, you know, to to a great extent, not to be taken seriously. 
you know, just just based on the delivery in itself. So humble, humbling lyrics. I, I, yeah, I became I became a fan from the minute I heard it, and then I met Peter later on. Like you know, when I would work at the studios and stuff, Carnival would rehearse there. And, you know, and then we became friends, and then when Typo Negative formed, uh, you know, I was still you know like best friends with Kenny. And Kenny was playing with them, and so then I got to know them better. Actually, Kenny and oh, no I, shit. I, didn't, I didn't with our that. with our band, Josh had the neighborhood recording studio in his house. More convenience, and that was a huge thing back so then most too. People, so, so most people, like you know, most bands in the neighborhood would go to Josh's house to record their demos, and that that's how Kenny and I met Josh. We went to his house. We we recorded a demo there. And then I wound up uh, recording a bunch of demos there with different people, you know, throughout the years before I joined the band. So, I, so I knew, I knew the guys very well. I, I knew Sal. I knew Sal before I knew any of them. And that's Sal when he was, I don't know, like when he was like thirteen years old or something. Oh, wow. You know, thirteen, fourteen, so something you, like that. Yeah, yeah. How long were you with uh, Typo Negative as far as years? Uh. What, like 17, 18 years, something like that? Oh, wow. You're there from the beginning to the end, as far as the name typo, right? No, no, no I wasn't. Went... I, I joined the band right after Bloody Kisses came out. Oh, okay. Like, Bloody okay, Kisses right. was out literally just a couple of months. I I joined the band, and, like, I wasn't even in the band two weeks, and then they, they shot the video for Christian Woman. Oh, wow. no shit. Okay. Nice yeah. fucking so, shit. Now, and even that, like, you know, like, at the time, it wasn't, you were just playing in a local band that just happened to have a record deal with, with Roadrunner. Huh. There was, there was right. no ambition to like, you know, whatever conquer the world or like, you know, make a living, you know, you know, being a career musician. Yeah, that was, album, that album fucking that. blew, blew fucking up. I mean, I mean, this is, I, 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 I was in Hawaii, uh, it, it was, you know, and it was one yeah. of our favorite fucking, uh, that, that dark doomy, I mean, definitely goth, but yeah. I think the doom I mean, riffage that, I related more. Always, I always related yeah. more to old Candlemas and shit like that, you know. Okay, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it, it was just to you know, just I mean, not to be too much of a fanboy here, but to, to reach you know Hawaii, the most isolated place on the planet, like was was <laughs> you know, and here I am in fucking the hottest place on the planet talking to you now. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a it's a yeah. testament to your career, brother. The um, like uh, but with that, like you know, like Bloody Kisses was out for over. Over about a year before anyone actually took notice of it, you know, like we're like we would do like we did a couple of small tours, mm -hmm. like you know, a couple of runs of dates, and then like you know, we we'd go back to work, you know, go back to our day jobs. It must have been surreal know, though, kind of just dealing with that, and then just kind of have to shift gears in reality a little bit. Uh, yes and no. Yeah, it's funny it how you you know you bring up it. It was out for a year. And then it blew yeah. up, and then you know it's, it's like it, where it were you the whole year it, before? It seems it it seems like you know like like to most people it seems like it it blew up, but it didn't really blow up. It was a slow go. It was uh there was a point where the I guess like you know like where the album was very it was hot, but it took a lot of work and a a lot of miles to to get it to that point. Well, this, was, was, this was this was what know, ninety nine. is what ninety six, like right? Ninety five. Ninety five. Right. That's ninety five. Yeah. yeah. That, at that time, I mean, I was so I was I'm I'm a, I'm a death metal head, you know, and back at Road Runner, right. blue, blue grape mm -hmm. and shit, and living in Hawaii, mm -hmm. you got you got to order all this shit, and you get all this like satanic death metal and this stuff I love, 
and right. there'd, there'd be typo negative bloody kisses with two hot chicks making out. Like, what the fuck is that? You know, <laughs> <laughs> order me that. And it was so different from like you know the DSide records that I was getting alongside typo sure, negative. Yeah. But holy yeah. shit, like you know, um, in terms of blowing up, I think it's just my personal world. It was like you want to hear the obscure one yeah. now. Listen to this fucking shit. I'm telling my friends. You know, they're like, what? yeah, what? What is, they're already yeah. intrigued. Like, what yeah. is this? These girls. All right. It was. It was very um, like you know like it. it compared to everything else that was going on at the time. It, it really was trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, like, it didn't it didn't really fit in with anything. You know, like, grunge at that point, you know, was very popular. And I think a lot of black you know, metal so bands was, took yeah. that, took what you already did in your style of music and just applied it to them bands, like Cradle of Filth yeah. that have become popular, all this... Uh, they goth, just saw that, that chicks. Yeah, they saw chicks were coming to our show. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I think I've, I've even heard them say that. Like, we do this to get chicks. Blah blah blah. blah. And I was like, you ain't gonna beat bloody kisses, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. They're right. We chick girls were coming to our shows, and yeah. they 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 were not going to death metal shows. <laughs> right. Right. That's for, that's for all the aggression, and girls aren't that mad. <laughs> Unless you're dating them. <laughs> now, I, I'm kind of going to shift into the drum geek side of it, though. But uh, you, you kind of had a similar bottom setup throughout most of your career, though. One up, two down. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, the first tour I did with the band, when I first joined the band, I had a bigger kit. I had the two kicks, two toms, uh, two floors, and I had a, like a bunch of cymbals and stuff. And uh, no tax. Yeah. <laughs> you're your own tech. yeah that's a uh, lining up those bass no drums could be a task in itself too no endorsements and uh you know like it was it was you know no endorsements no money we weren't really making any you know we weren't making any money and i was uh you know at the time i was like you know i had to reskin the kit at least like at least once a week oh wow and so i was like like the, the we got home and I was, you know, the next thing was coming up and I was looking at my kit and I was like, what don't I need? I was like, I can't afford to do this again. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I cut my kit in half and I, you know, I scaled down, I scaled everything down. I was like, all right, all these extra symbols. Now these are all backup symbols because I'm breaking symbols and I don't have the money to buy new ones. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, all right, now I only have to, you know, like I only have to buy one kick drum head instead of two. And, uh, you know, I cut down a, a Tom and it was, it, it was saving me money and it was saving me time. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Getting off I was like, I was, you know, I was like for this kind of, you know, for this kind of band, you know, like for the music that I'm playing, you know, for the drumming that I'm doing, I don't need this kind of, I don't need this big of a kit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you definitely know, I, not. I can, I can, I can probably pull it off with a five piece. And so that, that's what I went with. Chuck Billy played yeah, with a very limited kit, if I remember, right? Who? I'm not sorry, not Chuck, Chuck Biscuit. Sorry, I, I got confused Biscuit, with the singer. Yeah, 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 I got confused. I, I, I got, yeah. Biscuit, Chuck Biscuit. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. I never got to see the band play with Biscuit. No shit. No, I, I, and, uh, I, 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 had the, I had the pleasure in Honolulu, Hawaii, at Pink's Garage. I, 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 heard, I heard he was great. Like, you uh, know, like, uh, real, you know, real. like the guys, the guys in Typo, like, you know, they had all seen Danzig, you know, earlier. Mm. And uh, I think that the, the I was supposed to go to the show. Danzig and Slayer were playing at the Felt Forum, mm -hmm. and uh, I think I—I I, want to say I got into a car accident like the night before the show. Hmm. That sucks. 
<laughs> yeah, so I was like, ah, maybe not a good idea to go to a concert tonight. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. I have a bunch of stitches in my head. No, oh, oh, at least you're here. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. No. So I was like, uh, maybe con- going to a concert may not be a good idea. Yeah, to reflect. And, uh, so, like, so everybody in the band was always like, like when dances would come up, it, the the conversation would usually go to Biscuits, and they're like, Biscuits is great. Like, you know, he's a great live performer. Mm-hmm. You know. I remember him and, sitting so high on his yeah. stool. Like, it looked like he was standing. It was like he was standing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I just yeah. I remember, I thought that was, like, the coolest shit, you know? I was just like, it, it, yeah. it looks like and he's just like, beating the it, shit out of him. And then you see, like, you know, like, you know, his, his uh, you know, his background before going to playing with Danzig, you know, like, we were playing with, uh, you know, Circle Jerks and uh, DOA. Yeah. Uh, God, like, that's you know, a he comes, he comes from... He comes from that punk background. Mm-hmm. And you could yeah, see, he, he like, went you know, on back then. And he went on to be with Social he, D, right? Yeah, he did a he did a short run with Social Distortion. And uh which that I'm not really not that familiar with what he did with the band. I know that he was playing in the band. And I know that it wasn't it wasn't long. Mm-hmm. Maybe just maybe like two years or something like that. Right. Yeah. And um but like you know, like seeing videos of I was actually I was just looking on YouTube the other day, and I, I came across some uh, Circle Jerk stuff, and he was great back then as a as a kid, you know, and he had, he had that standout. His ability stood mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. That presence is is, is definitely a, yeah. a commanding drum presence, and um, I know Absolutely. you did. You, you were yeah. on a Death Red Sabbath, right? Yeah. And I got to tell you, man, that that fucking album was the one where I was like, okay, finally we're back to where we should be. <laughs> like, I was just like, yes, like you know, I have that fucking you know, hammer. What was it, Hammer of the Gods? Is that the first track? I believe, yeah. And then fucking, goddamn, you know, it just sounds like old dancing and like the drum beats. You know, it definitely, it's definitely you on the drums. But um, it was good to hear somebody playing in yeah. that biscuits yeah. kind of style because it brought back the old feeling of the old yeah, dancing albums. Yeah, you know? Yeah, there's this, I guess, like a certain approach to it where there's like whatever certain, like you know, like uh, biscuits could swing. Right. That's that was that was his strong point in his playing, and a lot of like in that kind of context, there aren't a lot of a lot of guys that really swing or girls, or, you know, whatever. <laughs> players, right. players, players. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be friendly. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't offend nobody. Yeah. I'm not. Well, I'm not trying to. You know. No, no, no. I'm just. No, I'm just joking. I'm being facetious, totally facetious. Like it's like we gotta. We gotta be. We gotta put everything under a microscope with our statements nowadays. Yeah. You know, like we might end up being labeled something we're not or something. Right. Yeah. But there is there is a certain swing element to his playing style. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's. I come from more of that school as well. Like you get that from you know both Bonham and right. and Bill Ward. Mm-hmm. Nice. You know, Bill Ward, Bill Ward, you know, listen to those old Sabbath records. That's how I learned how to shuffle. Yeah, and you're still playing a very yeah, similar right. set. You're playing DW drums now, right? Is that correct? Uh, no, I, I'm playing with whatever they're providing when we do these fly Oh, but Gretchen, you play Gretsch drums over the years, though, right? Yeah, I'm, I, yes, I'm, I play Gretsch. And uh, if I. Well, Gretsch is like, DW now. <laughs> so they're the same company. Yeah, 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 right. DW is the parent company. Yeah. And, um, but I prefer Gretsch over DW. Yeah. It's got that nice warm yeah. sound to him. Yeah. There's uh, something about Gretsch drums and not to sound like a corporate guy, but particularly like my broadcaster kit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it just, it sings. 
Yeah, it does. And everyone, everyone that hears that kit, every front of house guy that mixes it and stuff, they're always blown away by it. Mm. Yeah. You know? Are you still and using it, uh, bigger crashes, or you, you went down to smaller crashes? No, I still bigger crashes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, nice, nice. I use um, I eighteen and twenty. Oh, nice. That's the way to do it. Yeah, <clears> and <throat> then I have one. I have one Sabian twenty-one inch crash. That's it's probably my favorite crash, but I'm afraid to use it because it's like a medium crash. Yeah, they don't last too long. <laughs> I'm gonna, man. I'm gonna, I don't want to break it, but it sounds amazing. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I just wanted to touch base with that because I know you you've had a similar setup over the years, but yeah, I just you know the Gretsch drums you used are most of type of negative in your recent career. I just I just love that black on black look. Yeah, that's uh, the that's my Danza kit. I have that in LA. That that's a renowned kit. Nice, nice, and, nice. And it's a, it's a killer sounding kit. And I have a renowned kit in New York too, my Ringo kit with the the, the oyster. Yeah, and the renowns are really they have that painted shell on the inside. It doesn't sound so good with the two ply head. I love those drums myself. Yeah, yeah, they they like you know like for a lower end kit, it's not. I wouldn't even really say they're low lower end. end. They're actually yeah, like a right. upper, it's, yeah. It's they're they're imported. You yeah, know, they're not American made. Yeah, they're, so they're I guess they. They're uh, affordable kits. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, but they, you know, they take a beating. I've been touring with them for years. I love you them. Know? Especially they, when you get like 12 and a 16, they sound great. Yeah. I have a, the Gretsch kits, I have a 13 inch rack top. Oh, even better. Yeah. That thing just probably sings. Yeah. Yeah. They don't make 14. Oh, wow. I, yeah. But I think for, for years, for years of when I played Pearl, I played 14, 16, 18 with a 24 inch kick. That was uh, my typo kit, and um, that's a fucking sweet kit. <laughs> when I when I went when when I <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, that's, that's that's like a nostalgic kit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I go ahead. I got a twenty six inch kick for that one too. Oh wow, that's that. Yeah, that's one of yeah. my favorite sizes myself. But uh, I, yeah, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to cut Keone off though. But when you yeah. were in the Danzig stuff, did you kind of just use that same twenty six inch kick or at what size? Uh, twenty four. 24 that's that, that. The 24 yeah i have a, i have a kit that i keep in los angeles i keep a renowned kit for anything that i do with dancing because uh like whenever we rehearse or like you know usually when when we go on tour and stuff and you everything leaves from los, we leave from la so we start on the west coast so i just keep a kit out there so i have kits i have kit i have a kit in la i have kits in new york and i have kits in dallas Nice, nice. <laughs> uh, how long? How, how long have you been with Danzig at this point? Uh, or play with Danzig? I should say. I've been playing with Danzig now. Yeah, I think I saw you guys at the Marquee like it was seven years it's, ago or something. Shit, getting on. Next year will be twenty years. Holy wow. shit! That's a that's holy shit. Yeah. To touch back on what yeah, you said, like bloody kisses, you know, got bigger after. Even now, I yeah. I, I talk to kids that are like twenty three. They're like, you like typo negative? I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know, but, you know, it is, you know, it is pretty crazy. Yeah, and, and, and it's the same yeah. thing. Ironically, you're playing in Danzig, and I remember you know getting Danzig one when I was like ten. And then yeah. it, it didn't blow up till they redid the video when I was in high school, and all of a sudden everybody's right. like, "Yeah, mother!" Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, I like Metallica yeah. too." And a Sandman, <laughs> fuck, get out of my face! You know what I mean? And you're like, "Fuck!" But yeah, it yeah just it's, just funny how it all works out. Like sometimes you could put out a gem, and people don't realize how much it shines till fucking like ten years down the road, and you're like, "Where were you? Where were you? I've had this fucking piece in my right." You know what I mean? 
And uh, I, I think I think that's what's happening with uh, with typo. There's like uh, oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, younger people are finding the record. I I don't know. Like I guess it's like if you like that kind of music, you know, like the other people, you know, the people that are turning them on are like, this is where you start. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I had I had a girl come up to me when I was working at the bar, and she was like, "Do you listen to Grim Reaper?" I'm like, "How fucking old are you?" <laughs> She's like, "22." I was like, "How do you know about that band?" And I should have known. And she's like, "My dad." And I'm like, "Oh, there we go. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I do." I, ha- I, ha- I have to say, Typo Negra will be timeless now, and it still will be. You know? Oh, always. always I I, yeah. I hope so. You know, I I, I hope so. And how, you know, just as a from a fanboy yeah. question, like how how was Peter as as an individual? I mean, he strikes me just from the interviews I've seen him in and. The DVDs. He seems like kind of like a, not so much of a nonsense person, but a good sense of humor, grounded. You know, he was he was a very uh, joking person. Yeah, that, that, that. everything everything always had a punchline. It was always very self deprecating and stuff. Self deprecating sense of humor. I remember. I, I, I think actually, I, I, he, was, he was he was actually a really funny guy. Yeah, I think I saw a, 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 like. I think Phil Ansamo interview or something. I guess you guys toured with Pantera back in the yeah, day. And he was yeah, just like, yeah, yeah you did. know, I got my sleeveless shirt on and then fucking Peter Steele got to walk in the room and fucking deflate me or something like that. And I was just like, the guy's fucking seven, what, 6'11 or something? Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. He was 6'6". Oh, 6'6". Yeah. Six, six. Okay. Jesus. That's, that's still fucking yeah. pretty that large individual. But I mean, you, you put those two guys in a room together and it was you were in the eighth grade again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, well, Johnny, I know you have something well, coming up pretty soon here. I, I, I would love to have you for got, a part two, but uh, I don't want to cut you off either there. But uh, yeah, I know yeah. You, you have something yeah. coming up. Well, we got, 15, we got 15 minutes. Okay. Oh, no worries. Cool. I just don't want you to be late for that. But, yeah, I mean, we yeah. Could, I, I think me and uh, Keone yeah. here have a million questions. Yeah, I, got, I got a thousand. <laughs> what's your favorite? No, but um, yeah. in all seriousness, what, what's, what's your favorite Danzig record, Johnny? I want, I want to see if we if, – if, Yeah, your favorite Danzig record. My favorite one? Uh... Way to put him on the spot. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was gonna, I was gonna make some Jeopardy sound effects, and I was like, we're gonna, we're gonna let this I'm silence ride out. To, I'm trying, I'm trying to remember the song lists on the, on the, on the two records. It's toss up between Lucifuge or How the Gods Kill. Yeah, see, but me, I, I, I run yeah. with the same battle, like Master Puppets or Ride the Lightning between those two albums. I mean, Lucifuge and How the Gods. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go How the Gods just because of the song Anything. I don't know why. That's always been a Anything. Yeah. Anything is a great song. Yeah. It's one of the, it's an it's an it underestimated is. song. I think I, I I yelled it out when you guys were playing and you didn't play it and I went in the room. There was room a, and cried. Uh, for a little while. <laughs> Actually, on the on the last tour that we did, well, we played we played a show like three weeks ago. We played at a festival in uh, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And that was the first, that was the first show that we Danzig has done in two years and eight months. No shit. Yeah, that was I think a long he's, time. Damn. And we played uh, we played at Riot Fest in 2018, and we played the whole How the Gods Kill record. And oh. we had been playing we had been playing the song Anything quite a bit on that run. See, I missed that. I would have loved to see that. I was so happy because when I saw you guys, you played "Do You Wear the Mark," and I was like, "They're fucking playing this song." Holy shit! You're like, yeah, yes. we, we play that. We play, we played that a lot over there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, just to, just to hear that old lineup, I was because it, it was after it was after a long time since uh, I'd seen right. you guys last, and and mm-hmm. when I saw you guys finally, I was like, I wonder if they're gonna play their old shit. Or they're gonna stay on that like you know after Danzig Five uh, vibe. 
Now it, yeah, didn't, it, it didn't go that we we we, we were back. We, yeah, yeah. We, it was totally mixed up and good. And it was on the Dead Red uh, Sabbath. I always get tongue tied with that. Death Red Sabbath. I, I always say I end up saying yeah. Black Sabbath Death or something. Fucking. But, <laughs> but I, it was on that tour, and that was I, I was such a fan of that album, man. I really am, and I I was like, yeah. it, even though I would always say like I enjoy the first four more, that was the album I'd be like, hey, don't bring. Don't leave that album out. This is that you know Danzig bar conversations, and I'm like, don't leave, right, don't leave yeah. that fucking album out because that's the one to let you know that hey, they they they're still there, you know. And going back to how Chuck Chuck Biscuit plays, the I, the approach I think you took, yeah. although very much you, it it it, it captured yeah. everything, you know. It brought everything. Well, the apple did, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, right? And and, and it was it, that, that apple was fucking tasty, bro. <laughs> no, now, you know, it's, it's trying to it's trying to capture a vibe. It's not really like you know, like my playing my playing style isn't uh, a lot of chops, right? So to speak. No, but, but it's I, solid. What I, what I learned what I learned with playing with Typo for so long was about to try to create atmosphere, right? You know, to try to create try to create try to create a mood, and that's a, like you know how I try to use drums to do that. But a lot of times, like, you know, if you, if you just like, you know, listen to the band for just the drums and stuff, there really isn't too much stuff where you where it stands out and you go, holy shit, did you hear what, did you hear that? Right. <laughs> there isn't but, a lot of that. But like you said, making you know? that atmosphere, you know, like Which you, you, I, you just knew what yeah. was appropriate with, with the riffs you were hearing and, and who you're playing. That's, with, that's yeah. what I'm trying to, that's what I'm trying to do is trying to get to the atmosphere. Like, you know, like what's the song about? Like, you know, right. like, what does the song do, you know, rhythmically to create? this environment and that's kind of tough with Glenn because I don't really it's hard to see the bigger picture when we're working on music mm. because it's like you're in the room recording and it's just on the spot like we just mm. know that we're going into the studio this day like there's a schedule to be in the recording studio and he but writes we don't does he really do all do, the music we don't he writes it yeah, yeah he yeah. comes up with he'll come up with the riffs and then he shows them to Tommy and then Tommy will show it to me and then Glenn will be like, there's usually like one of three choices. Play it like Bonham, play it like Bill Ward, or play it like ACDC. Fucking right. badass. <laughs> you got no bad option. <laughs> it's like roll the 20s, like fuck it, roll the dice. And um, yeah, I mean, so, does so, he that, get, so that's all you get. So that, that's, that's, that's what he tells you to do. And then so you just try to keep that in mind while you're playing and then you like the, the you, you're playing the riffs and it's all right it goes into this part and you try to come up with something that's in that vein of what he what he wants and and at that point like glenn's just like okay i like that keep that that's 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 permanent yeah. move forward exactly okay. right and uh but like a, a lot of times like you know when i get a better understanding of what the what the song structure is i'll start getting ideas and then i'll have like the engineer just run a click track right nice. and then i'll nice. just i'll just play a bunch of parts <laughs> over giving you know, offering offering Glenn different options. Is there anything new on the? Oh, go, go ahead, go ahead. And then he'll listen to the stuff and he'll be like, "I I like that. I like that. I don't want to use that. This is cool. Like like that kind of situation." Right. And then they put the song together. Now speaking of click tracks, do you guys use them live with Danzig? No. Oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. No. Yes. No. I like how you said it with scoff in your voice. Like, no. Like, what no, the fuck is the matter with you? <laughs> I, get I, I want to. He would never do it. Yeah. I, 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 I guess I respect both sides of that you know, the spectrum. But, yeah. That's, see, I'm, that, I'm that way, too. Like, I like, you know, you go to a show and, and click track. Don't get me wrong. It keeps you in line. But that organic 
like little wave the tide of a live performance that you can flow with. Well, it, it's, it's, you know, there's so, there's other there's other elements in the live show right. where you know like uh, like for instance we've been working with Quiet Riot we've had some of it on a we did a couple of shows where everything was on a click track mm-hmm. and we had we rehearsed we decided on you know tempos that felt good. Did you have like earbuds like, in or a head a headset on to hear that? Or I have I I I play with I play with in here. Okay. Yeah, I think everyone kind of does in this play. Keone's yeah. not a drummer, but like, no. but yeah. yeah, you you kind of have to at this point, you know. Just, with the, just... and I have I I have my uh, my low budget rig. I have my iPad. Okay. With nice. A, with yeah. a with a, um an MP3 playlist in i in music of just click tracks. And then whatever the set list is, I, I put them in order, and then I hit play, and I have the click track going in my ears. I always put and it as like next song, next song. Are you, do you, do you <laughs> ever try to sell this? Oh, sorry. Go I ahead. always look at it like driving a limo with the window up. You know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. a party in the back, but you're just driving by yourself. <laughs> that's a, that's always the way I looked at it myself. Yeah. Is that the pitch you give Glenn yeah. sometimes? You're like, look, I got my laptop, and I got all these click lists. Let me use it. And he's like, no. no. He's like, no, no never. No, it's it's just there's just no there's no point in it right. because it would be you know it, every night's different. Right, yeah. right, and that's that's kind of what know, I love, so what I love like, about so, it. So, so, so you 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 could be working, you know, we could be rehearsing all week at a certain tempo, and then the minute we're in front of an audience, that tempo is going to be too slow. Right. Yeah. Adrenaline and then in. he's and then he's gonna he's gonna turn around he's gonna look at me he's gonna tell me to pick it up. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> just the thing. And that's we've been doing that for, we've been doing that for years. Yeah. And are you yeah. got, are you planning any? I mean, I know you're doing the Quiet Riot. Uh, you got Quiet Riot tours planned in the future along with Danzig. We have uh, Danzig has uh, one show next weekend. Vegas, we're playing at Psycho Las Vegas. Oh, no shit. Uh, yeah. uh, me and Dustin just look at each other like, we're going to have a fucking party? We're going to lose all our money and like, it's just crawling the dancing? <laughs> and we're, we're playing, we're playing the whole uh, Lucifer Future. Ah! Yeah. Come on, man. Like, come on. And I'm also, I'm, I'm also playing with Silvertune that, that night in another room what, 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 what fucking date? What, what's the date for this? The twenty first. Oh, this month? Gee, that's crazy. What, yeah, what's yeah, the date yeah, now? It's week. the twelfth, right? Yeah, next week. Is that a, is that a Friday? Today's the eleventh. What, what is it? Yeah, Ten days. Yeah, it's a Friday. It's a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You might hear from me again, Johnny. <laughs> 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 I might have to be like, hey, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> I'm gonna meet you for real. Well, uh, You're not too far. Johnny, I feel like so we, we need uh, to have you on again. Um, I feel like I don't want to tie you up too much, and I know we're touching. Your time zone here. Yeah, let me know. Um, yeah, we got to do a part two with Keone because you guys seem like you guys have a vast knowledge of this stuff. I want to hear more about. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm brain falling over. What about Chuck Billy? He's like, Chuck, who? I was like, ah, oh, shit. I'm talking about Testament. My bad. Chuck Biscuit. Shit. Yeah. So, uh, Johnny, it was a real pleasure. And um, yeah, we'll, we're yeah, going to touch thanks, base. Man. We're going to, uh, yeah, as you guys are listening, the show will be on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Once again, a huge awesome. pleasure, Johnny. Johnny, fucking Thanks, a, a, a yeah, real man. fucking honor, man. I got to tell you, you know, uh, being like I said before, growing up in the most isolated place on the planet and getting them that bloody kisses CD amongst <laughs> morbid angel, deicide, cannibal, all this shit. Really, it, it was the it was the wild card that I, I grew up with, and I thank you for all that, huh. this, your involvement Thanks, with, uh, man. I with appreciate all the, it. that right. and dancing. We'll talk to yeah. you soon, Johnny. Yeah.